Hey, it's Matt and welcome back. I don't know about you, but I get bored with all the predictable goals content that comes out this time of the year. Quite often I'm left rolling my eyes going, meh. It's all recycled from the previous year. Creators cash in on people's desire that next year will be different. We all dream big and plan to start over with new habits in the new year. But most people give up those habits by the end of January. Now, I wasn't going to play this game, but as a coach, I must throw in my two cents worth. I see the benefits of dreaming big on goals that excite you, but the other side of the equation is action. Without action, nothing is going to happen on those goals. So whatever goals you commit to this year, make sure you take action. Have plans and accountability for that action. Break it down into weekly and daily habits. Put them on your calendar. What actions do you need to take? For example, one of my goals to help improve my business is becoming a better writer. So I want to improve my writing over the coming year. Do you know what I'll have to be doing to achieve that? A lot of writing. My goal to become a better writer won't happen without writing. Now, this might sound ridiculous, but you'd be surprised how many people seem to think they can skip the step of doing the real thing and reach success. Ignore action at your peril. Don't let another year slip by on your dreams. So with that, here's a few ideas for you to reflect on. So we're most of the way through January and maybe you've had some false starts on those dreams you said you wanted to achieve. So today I want to give you seven ideas to reflect on so that you can refocus as we head into the rest of the year. One, the goal that changes everything. What is one goal that if you achieved it in 2024 would change everything. Now this could be personal or it could be professional. You've got a bunch of goals and I'm sure they're good, but there is one, the force multiplier, that changes everything. The one that makes everything else irrelevant. What if you laser focused on that one? Two, attach a rider to your goal. Don't just have a big goal, attach a rider to it. What's a rider? A rider is a condition attached to something already agreed upon. The classic example that comes to me was from many years ago. I was a bass player in a band and we would play live gigs around the city. And in addition to our payment for the gig, we would usually get what was called a rider. And so this was something in addition, which was usually free food or free drinks. Good times. So I invite you to consider how you could apply this to your goal that you're thinking about for the rest of the year. So how can you attach a rider to your goal in an exciting way? For example, you might want to double your income this year or double the revenue in your business. So that's a goal. But attaching a rider could be something like this. It has to be fun and easy. So see how that rider changes everything. So you have a goal of doubling your income, which may sound exhausting when you first think about it, like, geez, how the 
how am I going to double my income? But when it has this rider of it has to be fun and easy, it's a totally different outlook. And you come at it from a different mindset with a different way of showing up. And suddenly it goes from feeling like burnout to suddenly being exciting. It's quite mind-blowing, right? So I invite you to play with this, have a bit of fun and see how you could creatively attach a rider to your goals to make it more exciting in the coming year. I just want to give a shout out to Rich Lipman for prompting this idea with me. Three, manage your energy, not time. This one seems to come up for me annually. You reflect on what zaps your energy, what fills your cup, and what you could do differently. Now, I'm the opposite of a productivity geek, but the insight of manage your energy, not time was a game changer for me. If I focus on getting my energy levels right, the productivity takes care of itself. Here's a quote. The core problem with working longer hours is that time is a finite resource. Energy is a different story. Defined in physics as the capacity to work, energy comes from four main wellsprings in human beings, the body, emotions, mind, and spirit. In each, energy can be systematically expanded and regularly renewed by establishing specific rituals and behaviors that are intentionally practiced and precisely scheduled with the goal of making them unconscious and automatically as quickly as possible. To recharge themselves, individuals need to recognize the costs of energy depleting behaviors and then take responsibility for changing them regardless of the circumstances they're facing. That quotes from Tony Swartz and Catherine McCarthy in a HBR article. My key takeaway from that is more work isn't the answer to your problems. Start with auditing your energy. What needs to change in 2024 for you? What rituals could you implement to renew that energy? And think across your whole self from body, emotions, mind, and spirit. Number four, massive transformative purpose or MTP. Some high performers don't get turned on by goal setting, but they have a massive transformative purpose that drives them. The idea of an MTP from Peter Diamandis caught my attention several years ago. Here's a quote from Peter. A massive transformative purpose is your highest aspiration. And that's true for both you as an individual and your company. Here are the basic attributes of an effective MTP. It's uniquely yours or your company's. It feels true for you. You're proud of it. It's driven by emotional energy. Think wonder, awe, excitement, pain that fuels your drive to pursue big dreams. You're willing to commit your life to it, or at least the next decade. As an individual, your MTP is what wakes you up in the morning and gets you excited. For example, my personal MTP is, and remember this is still Peter, to inspire and guide entrepreneurs to create a hopeful, compelling, and abundant future for humanity. For a company, an MTP is the core defining purpose of its existence. It describes the change in the world that you want to achieve, the fundamental problem you're trying to solve, 
Your MTP is designed to inspire focused action, express your passions, and create an emotional connection that drives you and others towards meaningful, positive, and common change. Thanks, Peter. So that's powerful stuff, right? I invite you to consider what is your massive transformative purpose? Now, that's a big question that you might not be able to answer on the spot. So maybe take that away and ponder it this weekend. Do some journaling. See where you get to. Because something like this can really light a fire inside you and drive you on to do great things. Number five, community is where it's at. I keep hearing many leaders talking about the power of community. Here's a quote from Justin Welsh. Build a community, not just a following. Engage with your audience. Answer their questions, acknowledge their struggles, and celebrate their wins. Community building is how you establish genuine authority, not by advice dropping. In a world where everyone can claim to be an expert, the real differentiator is sharing your learning journey, offering unique insights, solving real problems, building community. Thanks, Justin. So how can you better nurture your community in 2024? What are you doing to build a community? And are you giving it the time it needs to flourish? Number six, don't overlook self-inquiry. Self-inquiry is essential if you want to go to the next level as a leader. I love this quote from Jerry Colonna. The call is to stand still and do the work of self-inquiry. Remember who you are, what you believe about the world, and then, risks be damned, lead from that place of broken, open-hearted warriorship. Man, that's good. Broken, open-hearted warriorship. It's quite deep. I invite you now to pull out a journal and explore what makes you, you. Now, that's quite a expansive topic. I'm sure once you dive in, there's a lot to scratch below the surface. So I also share with you some further journaling prompts from Jerry Colonna. Who is the person I've been all my life? What can that person teach me about becoming the leader I want to be? What was the story my family told about being real, being vulnerable, being true? What do I believe about vulnerability and how might that serve me? And finally, for number seven, I'll leave you with a quote to ponder. And I'll just preface that before that we're partway through, almost through January as I record this. So you may have feel that you're already derailed on those goals that you ambitiously started the year with. Uh, you know, you jumped in head first, got excited, and then something happened. You got busy at work, something happened in your family, an emergency, or some trouble came up elsewhere in your life, and suddenly those goals that you were so excited about might seem so far away. Uh, they might not even seem like a priority anymore. But 
rather than getting frustrated, I invite you to consider that that's part of the process. And here's a quote from David Wyatt. The act of refinding the path is the path. I don't know about you, but that generates a huge insight that we can move from being frustrated by our perceived lack of progress or, you know, that feeling when you go two steps forward, two steps backwards, and you you feel like you're not getting anywhere, but you are getting somewhere. And that's all part of the journey is getting lost and then refinding yourself and carving that path. And I think it helps us acknowledge that it's not meant to be easy. And I think that comes along with charting your own path is that there is no map. There is no guide. It's on you to find your way. At the same time, we have mentors and supporters and people that will show up as temporary guides. But I think you know as well as I do that we can't be expecting someone else to give us all the answers. We have to do the work ourselves. And it's not always going to be easy, but it's the most important work we can do. And I also want to mention that the importance of taking time out for a break. So I just got back from a nice break. I took a couple of weeks off with my wife and my two young boys. Got plenty of family time, quality time, enjoying the Australian summer by the beach. And I it, I can't explain how much, how well rested and renewed I felt from that experience and how it sparked new insight and possibility that I didn't have before. And so you do need to take time out you do need space away and it might not feel productive or it might feel like you're wasting your time, but there's something happening in that space, in that silence. And so as challenging as it might feel, I think we need to move from this place that it's not a luxury, it's actually essential and it needs to be prioritized. So I'll add that in as a little bonus tip, I guess, heading into this new year to prioritize that rest, those breaks that renewal and it might not feel like work but it could be your best work your most important work because it reminds me of uh Stephen Covey I think said about sharpening the saw or protecting the goose that lays the golden eggs if if you burn yourself out and you stop looking after yourself then there'll be nothing left over for anyone else so Taking that time is one of the best things you can do. But thanks for joining me today. I certainly enjoyed this topic. And I want to mention that these, what we went through today is some of the themes that I explore with my clients in my executive coaching practice. So if any of these ideas resonate with you and you'd like to chat further on how I might be able to serve you through coaching or other means for you or your team, please get in touch. I'll put a link in the description or you can email me. I look forward to seeing you again soon. And I just want to thank you for being here and I wish you the very best for the rest of the year ahead. Cheers. Cheers.